Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Nova Insider Network. We are back. It is 7.15 p.m. The selection show ended 15 minutes ago. Rob is in an airport. He's got a flight that boards at 8.45. And here he is doing God's work on the podcast, getting you an immediate rapid reaction podcast out to you. Rob, are you able to even drink anything in the airport right now? So it's a great question and a a warning to our listeners. Like you're definitely going to hear some background noise. I got suitcases. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get yelled at at some point. So I'm just going to be like, why the fuck are you recording a podcast right now? It's a fucking airport. I'm going to be like, yeah, but the tournament. It's okay. Um, I did make sure to have a drink at dinner, which was a plus. And I, I have to say, my takeaway from that is I need to be drinking more these days because my tolerance is way too low. And you and I are about to go to Vegas to watch the first weekend of the tournament for our buddy Sandro's bachelor party, which is going to be a blast. Um, I don't think I'm ready for it. I don't think my body's ready for it, but I am doing God's work. So the camera work is going to be terrible. There's going to be bad audio. We're just going to roll with it. This is what you do in March. These are the, the sacrifices that we make for our listener base. That's and right. I'm happy to make them. That's right. That's exactly correct. We... It's, wait, wait. What, one side note. It's so quickly after the bracket. I'm still like having trouble finding the bracket. I spent like 15 minutes. I was like, why, why is this not up yet right now? But yeah. we have it. We have it at this point. I hope at some point in time we get the uh the game times that are going to come out because that's how soon after it we are it's like literally like when are we going to even get the game times i don't even know but yeah we have the bracket i have it out in front of me we're going to go through it all the headline is nova is the two seed in the south we are going to get the whole bracket in just a minute First off, I have to say it's selection show time. So I broke out the good stuff. Johnny Blue is on tap for me for this podcast. Can't drink too much because I went a little crazy. And I'm sure it comes out in my voice. Went a little crazy this week. Might have had dollar slices of pizza at four o'clock in the morning on Friday night. Neither here nor there. Yo, Nicole and I did that too. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And I love after that. I stopped, that. After I stopped hanging out with you, I got like pinged by other people and they were like, yo, come out. And I was like, uh, all right, sounds good. So there I was eating dollar slices with people I met on the internet. That's just dude at four o'clock in the morning. That's hilarious. Nicole and I did literally the same thing. We left you and she's like, I need pizza. And we found, I think ours were a dollar fifty, I will say. But they were damn good. I was inflation. very impressed. Fucking inflation. <laughs> Supply chain. No more dollar slices. Supply chain. <laughs> just just going to say yes. economics things. Supply chain, inflation, blah, blah, blah. All right. Let's get into the Big East tournament. Let's get into the Big East tournament. So. Oh, my said, God. Dude, I, dude, I got to cut you off. It's tough. I know we prepped for this, but like, oh, I'm just so jazzed about the tournament right now. But yes, we'll dial it back. What we're going to do for our listeners, we're going to do a quick, a quick Big right. East tournament recap. We're going to focus. And then we're going to talk about what matters. That's right. We're going to focus on the awards here because we got to hand out some awards. And yeah, let's do thank it. you to our listeners who followed along with us 
uh, throughout the week. We were doing pregame shows with Chris Nataro from Villanova Tip Time after a total absolute snafu on Thursday. We weren't able to get it off the ground in Crompton Alehouse. The university was kind enough to set us up with a private room in um, the inter Intercontinental on Friday. And we did what I think was a bang up job for a preview show for the UConn game. And then we did a remote one on Saturday and it went well as well. So thank you to all of our listeners who heard it through. But just to recap kind of the alpha dog shack fits of the, of the week, we handed out by game. So we just need to recap who got what. And I think the headlines are not going to talk too much about the St. John's game because that was a uh, shit show to say the least. Yeah, just, just, just we're, terrible. We're just going to jump to the UConn game. We gave our alpha dog to Jermaine Samuels who made his mark on the tournament with just an absolute stunning performance on Friday night. UConn said, we're going to let Samuels and Slater beat us and Samuels and Slater beat them. And that was awesome. And Samuels was the real king in that effort. But the Shaq fit man play of the week was Slater's block. One of the best blocks I've ever seen a Villanova player make in my life as a Villanova fan. And that play was the Shaq fit man play of the week. So much so that John Shackleton Shaq fit himself tweeted a video out saying yeah that's the Shaq fit man play of the week so there you go absolutely and, and i will say for our listeners who are listening closely you did mention it was one of the best blocks in, in nova history obviously it's not as big as dante in the championship yes but it's probably pretty close if not better than the mikhail bridges against gonzaga because of the significance of it the fact that this was in the postseason big momentum shift I'd argue it might be bigger. Yep. Yep. Anyway. And, and mind you, the Dante blocks were in a, were in a ch- national championship game. So can't take anything away, but they were in a blowout. Yep. It was a blowout. That's true. Whereas, whereas this was a tight game that block mattered in the game. What, sorry. We're bad. off track. We're off track. One other block up for consideration is the Omari Spellman, West Virginia block. The Omari Spellman. Big, plum big. block. And then, and then the run out, that was a great sequence. That was an awesome sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's keep moving on. Uh, We have way more blocks than I would have thought of uh, in our our history. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I was like, Oh, interesting. Neither here nor there. Javon Pinkston. Javon Pinkston versus Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Early 2014, 15 season. That was a big one. Um, All right. Sorry. Sorry. The, we have to do our awards for, Saturday night, our game yesterday, we beat Creighton 56 to 48, a uh, defensive effort or a lack of offensive effort from both teams. Both teams candidly look gassed in this game. Uh, the first half was absolutely dead, just 19-18 at the end of the first half, just utterly nothing to, to write home about in that game. But in the second half, we go down a little bit late, and Colin Gillespie is getting both our alpha dog of the week and our Shaq fit man play of the game with his two dagger threes late, just making every right clutch decision and shot down the stretch. Those dagger threes were just absolutely, we said on our pregame show, we said it is time for Colin Gillespie to make his mark on the big East tournament. And he did. And he did so in a big way. And Rob, I have a stat for you. 
Please. Well, Colin Gillespie has played in nine Big East tournament games, and he is nine and zero oh in those games. Last year's team lost in the Big East quarterfinal versus Georgetown, but he was hurt. So when Colin Gillespie has been on the floor, Villanova's won every single time. That's pretty good. Undefeated is good. Yeah, undefeated in the Big East tournament is uh, hashtag good. So, um, but we said it would be important for Colin and Jermaine to leave their mark on the Big East tournament, and they did in back-to-back nights, earning alpha dog uh, consideration in both games, uh, respectively. So. Moving on from those awards, just a couple other thoughts about MSG and, and, and the Big East tournament. Just an electric, electric environment. I, a lot of people have been saying that today that even though Creighton and put up a big fight against Nova and it was a good game finally at the, down the stretch there, a lot of people said the UConn-Villanova game felt like the Big East championship game on Friday night. Um, and, I mean, that was a heavyweight battle. Sign me up. Sign me up for more of those in the next 10 years, please. Yeah, totally, totally agree. The atmosphere of UConn-Villanova was way better than the atmosphere of Creighton-Villanova. To be expected, obviously. The crowd was very split, probably pro UConn in the semifinal the crowd in the final was probably 75 85 percent pro nova i will say a little bit of credit to the nova crowd in the final you know we always mock the nova crowd very wine and cheese they don't make a whole lot of noise and obviously the first half was super boring the second half as the game got close the fan base did step it up they did make some noise they did get into it so a little bit of credit where credit is due for the Nova fans for getting into it. But overall, the tournament was just an absolute blast to be a part of. I, I'm, I'm just glad the tournament's back and we can do this again. I thought the Nova fans uh, did pretty well this week. I'm going to be completely candid with you. I even thought in the UConn yeah. game, um, I, I was on a space, a Twitter space earlier. Shock, shocking, I know. Uh, but I was on a Twitter space earlier that was not Villanova related, but they were just talking about their impressions of the Big East tournament. It was like Xavier fans, a couple St. John's guys, et cetera. And they said, you know what? Like it was clearly a little bit more UConn in the audience on Friday, but the Villanova fans that were there absolutely brought it. And I think so. I mean, I, it was really back and forth and it was really cool because that game had like about, I don't know, 300 lead changes and ties. And like every time a team took a lead or a tie or whatever, and a big shot was made, it was felt like half the arena was getting up and, and screaming their heads off. It was, man, that was a heavyweight battle. That was really, that was really, really something. That was a sight to behold. Um, it really was. But, but hey, I don't love to do this, but I also make sure I do do it. Because now that we head into March and we head into the NCAA tournament, any game in theory could be Colin and Jermaine's last. And, and data in theory. And so, and so I just want to say it was awesome to get to see them in the garden and win a championship. And I had to say, thank you for all they've done for the program saying it now, obviously I'll say it again later, but you don't often get opportunities in life. Now getting a little bit poetic here, but you're getting, uh, you don't get often opportunities in life to thank somebody while they're still doing the thing that they're doing. And I just got to credit those guys for everything they've done and built and continue to uphold in the Nova program um, over the last five years, getting both of them, especially Colin, getting earning minutes 
on the 2018 roster that had six pros and then, and then going on and playing meaningful, important roles every single year that they were here. Um, their teams that they were on were a one seed that won the championship. Their second year, they were a six seed that won the Big East regular season and Big East championship. Their, um, their third year, they won a Big East regular season championship. Obviously, the tournament got canceled. Last year, they won the Big East regular season championship before Colin got hurt, but that team went to the Sweet 16. And this year, they're a two seed in the NCAA tournament and Big East uh, tournament champions, not technically the Big East regular season champions, but knocked off the Big East regular season champion Providence Friars twice in the season, just like they did to Xavier back in 2018. And you yeah. have to give a lot of credit um, to, to Jay Wright and the program for again doing this. We are a two seed or a one seed again. And yeah. it is just absolutely incredible the the run that this program has been on. And I will say, and apologies to make an announcement across the way. Hopefully that flight gets out of here pretty soon. But regardless, it was super cool to actually see Colin and Jermaine get kind of their Big East championship, if you will. Obviously, as you alluded to, they have won them before, which is kind of wild. So it's not their first time through this, but this is the one that they really own. So again, thanks to them for all they've done for the program. Excited to see them get that championship you could tell on their faces in the celebration they were really pumped this obviously meant a lot to them and hopefully this is just the start of a run through the rest of march and april yeah i mean look when it comes down to it jay wright said in the moment that he felt like this big east championship was the sweetest i have to say from from my part it was really this one was especially sweet this was a really good big east season this year this was this was tough Every game was a battle. The fans were all back across the country and they brought it every single game. Obviously Villanova gets everyone's best shot. But in addition to that, it was just an incredible season for the league. Um, UConn being back plus their fans, that was obviously played a factor in it. Providence had an unbelievable season. And candidly, I'm kind of happy that the Big East chapter is closed here and we're on top because now I get to root for the other Big East teams in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament. And I think that's where we need to go to next before I make one. Let's go. Before I make one final complaint, one final complaint. Brandon Slater should have been on the first team all Big East. I, I disagree. I disagree. You know, we were talking about this before. I looked up his stats. While he did have a huge game, huge game against UConn, he was largely absent in the St. John's game. And in the final, he was he was there, but it didn't didn't blow you away. It's only five points. So I know where you're going. I, I'm going to refute it. I will say though, I think in general they didn't do a great job picking the the all tournament. Al, Al Durham shouldn't have been on the all tournament. Period. Yeah, yeah, to totally, totally. Yeah, we can debate Slater, but like they did a shit job in general. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, guys. Just want to jump in here because I want you guys to have integrity. You did not award a pass the bleeping ball. So before you move on, oh. you're going to have to give that to somebody. Mm, that is a, that is a good. Anybody get it in the, in this last game? I mean, I'm not really going to give one. We want a championship this week. We want a championship. I agree. I agree. You win a championship. You don't necessarily have to give one if something stands out. And as we said in the previous week as well, if no one stands out, you don't have to force it. Don't force it. We're not forcing it, Brian. Okay, that checks good, out. Good life lesson. It's it's a good it's a good push though, Brian. Appreciate it. 
Awesome. All right, let's get it. Let's get into this. We spent yeah. too much time on this already. Too much time. NCAA really, really burying the lead. Now it's seven thirty. That's seven thirty, guys. I'm still trying to get the times of the games. I'm still hoping that we get that anytime soon. Come on, let's I, go. I doubt it. I hope we do sometime. Uh, but anyway, okay. So Villanova headline. Villanova is the two seed in the South. The conversation leading up to this whole tournament for Villanova fans was two seed or three seed. Are we going to get a two seed, is that going to pull us out of the East region? Oh, we don't want that. We'd rather be the three seed in the East, blah, 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 blah. Then, then we're like, well, maybe we could get the two seed in the East. Who knows? Then there was a conversation about, then there was a conversation of, I don't know. I'd still rather get the three seed. There was a whole host of conversations taking place about this two seed, three seed nonsense. And as far as I'm concerned, I always say, win all the games that you have in front of you. Don't worry about anything else. Like, and then go out, roll the ball on the court and go win games in March, period. doesn't matter where you are. Get the job done. No excuses. Get the job done, period. Well, guess what? We're not the two seed in the East, but we are a two seed, which is a historic accomplishment for the program, as, as it always is when you're a top two seed. But in addition to that, the East Regional is so fucking loaded that I'm glad that we stayed away from it. Like there's Baylor, oh my God, seriously, UCLA, uh, Texas, Purdue, Kentucky. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. Marquette, Marquette, yeah, Marquette. Yo, just, with, just for so, good measure. All of our losses are on are in we, the East Region. I'm we, good. We've lost to a, we've lost to a quarter of the East Region. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'll pass. I'll pass on that. I'll pass too. I'll pass too. And we didn't get shipped out west. And and. Let me just say this. I, so I remember a certain Villanova team that got a two seed that maybe people had some doubts about that had a point guard that was dubbed Mr. Villanova that got kind of screwed, if you will, out of being the two seed in the East, had to play a couple games in Texas uh, and, uh, and got sent to the South region. And uh, that team did pretty good. If I don't, if I recall correctly, of course, that's the 2016 team. Uh, and uh, I think that team uh, did okay, I, I, in my opinion. That would, be an, that would be an okay result, I think, for us this time around as well. Yeah. I, would be, I would be comfortable with that. You know, that would be an okay end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, that's, so, so that's what we have. So let's talk a little bit about um, what happened here. So we get the two seed in the, in the South region. By the way, the... Um, the tournament committee did release their S curve, if you will. We were the yeah. seventh overall seed, so we were not the last uh, two seed. We were the second to last two seed. Um, so we were comfortably on the two line, if you will. Duke was the last two seed, so we jumped the Duke Blue Devils in doing so. Some potential consternation uh, about whether Tennessee or Purdue deserved to jump to the two line. There was some that we immediate point out was like, oh, why Tennessee get the three and Villanova get the two? I don't think that's right. Uh, but there was some media members like Matt Norlander pointing that out. I think that's bullshit. I think, I think Duke is the team that should have never been a two seed. Uh, but neither here nor there. They looked like crap down the stretch. They lost some ugly games down the stretch. We didn't. We've been doing nothing but winning except by two at UConn um, over the course of the last month plus. So as far as I'm concerned, we earned that too. We won our tournament championship and we get the two seed in the South region. And our first game 
will be against the Blue Hens of Delaware, a noted football rival, but of perhaps bigger relevance, a player from our program is on that team. Dylan Painter himself, the artist, is still playing the basketball. Artist. Is still playing basketball, and we get to play him on Friday. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty jazzed about this one, and we were talking about a little bit about this beforehand as well. People, some people like to assert or say like, "Oh, the committee shouldn't you know think about storylines and stuff like that." Look, they may say they don't. The committee obviously thinks about storylines. They're very well aware what schools they're pairing together for these early round matchups, especially when it's, you know, supposed to be a little bit more lopsided. So in my mind, I'm like, look, forget the objectivity of it. Embrace the storyline. It's actually pretty cool that we get to play Delaware. It's kind of cool that we get to play Dylan Painter. We should absolutely stomp on Delaware, to be very clear. It's a it's a 215 matchup. Like, come on. So it's yeah. cool. Look, had to Dylan, obviously, he, he got it. He's, I think he's one of the leaders of that team. You know, it's led his team back to the tournament there. But we're going to crush him, and that's okay. Yeah. And just to be clear, Delaware is number 145 in Ken Palm. Ken Palm has us as 14. So, that, so that's, like, that's like one or two ahead of Providence, I think, at this point. <laughs> well done. Well done, Ron. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I tried. Well, well done. Well done. I have to give credit for that. Um, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We are, uh, they're number 145 on Kempom. We are 14 point favorites expected to win 75 to 61. Um, they're a pretty good shooting team. Um, they're 36 in the country in effective field goal percentage. Um, they're top 100 in three point percentage and top, uh, 40 in two point percentage. And they are top 100 in free throw percentage. Not, not all, not bad. So, so nothing terribly. They do block shots. Um, the good news here, 199 in tempo. So not a tempo mismatch. Um, Creighton actually plays a similar tempo to Delaware, not calling their games similar, uh, not calling them similar um, at all. Here's some other good facts. Uh, they are uh, on defense. They are 212 defensively. This is not an adept defensive team. Uh, number 100 on the dot in, uh, in nationwide offense. But defensively, they're not very strong. They don't play particularly fast. So nothing stylistically about them stands out that makes them an uncomfortable matchup. One good, very good note. They are one of the worst teams in the country in terms of collecting defensive rebounds. So... We know full well from this week how, how there, annoying. There, there's a reason. There's a reason Painter didn't get playing time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know. We know this week how annoying it is to have to rebound the basketball. Uh, apparently for this team because we got annihilated by UConn Stomp and then on. and then by Creighton, um, both on the offensive and defensive glass. I don't know the actual stats, but it felt pretty terrible um, the whole way through. And to play a team that's not going to particularly give us a ton of trouble there. I think that's, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a good, that's a really good sign. Um, so. These guys so, are led by, they're actually led by Jameer Nelson is their top scorer. You may remember him. He was the St. Joe's point guard back in 2004. <laughs> he actually got an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. So he came back. He's now like 35 and he's playing again, but no, their, their lead score is Jameer Nelson. It's actually his son. It's his yeah. son. 
Big Five. Is it actually? He, he was originally committed to St. Joe's, and when they got rid of Martelli, he switched his commitment to Delaware. Yep. It is. It is fucking, his son. Fucking amazing. That's unreal. Yeah. Okay. So we well, played Jameer we Nelson and Dylan Painter in this game. Yep. Hundred um, percent. Absolutely phenomenal. Yep. So so look, as Rob said, this is a two fifteen matchup. We're expected to win this game by fourteen points. Like, like, I'm not going to sit here and spend a lot of time on the Delaware Blue Hens. Like, if you lose this game, that's on us, period. There's no, there's no nothing that can, uh, that can make that any different. So as far as I'm concerned, we're going to keep looking around our bracket um, and, and, and move on. If we um, advance to the round of 32, which we expect to do, we get the winner of Ohio State and Loyola Chicago. Um, now, that matchup might scare some people a little bit, a little bit, because Loyola Chicago has obviously been to a recent Final Four, made a recent Sweet 16 run. Ohio State has had their share of success in the tournament of late, has a good coach that we're familiar with in Chris Holtman. Um, but I am here to tell you that these are not poorly, uh, these are not poorly seated teams. Actually, Loyola Chicago is favored in their Ohio State um, um, LU matchup by uh by a by a point uh so it's you know pretty much a pick them in that 7-10 matchup uh Loyola Chicago is uh is a slightly better team by the metrics Ohio State uh played a tough gauntlet in the Big Ten as every uh Big Ten team did but Ohio State really kind of struggled down the stretch uh losing losing four of their last five um, and five of their last eight games. So they did not end the season on a good note. Um, in fact, they lost their final game of the year uh, to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament. So this is not a team that's fared particularly well down the stretch here and um, really stumbled after a good start for them overall. They beat Duke earlier in the year. Um, Xavier beat them, returned the favor. Uh, but but this team kind of faltered down the stretch and I, I don't feel bad about getting kind of like a meandering mid major team as our, as our second round game, the Loyola Chicago thing might scare people a little bit, but I, I, I don't, I don't worry too much about them. Um, they are pretty good defensively, but they play a slow tempo. So we're going to be comfortable. Uh, they're not going to get us out of sorts um, from a tempo standpoint. Uh, one of their things that they've been famous for, uh, making the sweet 16s and and the final four of late is kind of doing it like Butler did it. Like, you know, in a sense, like the Butler way, they slow the game down, muck it up, create problems. Villanova has shown that they're very comf comfortable playing in those types of games. And so I don't think we're going to have any problem rock fighting our way to the sweet 16, regardless of the opponent that we get in the second round. Ohio state also plays a slow tempo. So I don't think anything yeah, I really there bothers me. Yeah, I don't think anything bothers me either. I think the more interesting thing for me is the fact that they're coached by Chris Holtman, who is a guy who is obviously the coach at Butler and knows Jay, knows Villanova. We also played them two years ago as well. So it's not like they're unfamiliar with how we play. Obviously, it's one thing for a coach to be familiar with the program. It's another thing to practice and play against that program on a regular basis as well. But that to me is, is ultimately the more, uh, more relevant storyline, I think, for these guys. Look, I'm with you. I think this is sweet 16, like not no problems. Like I'm sure we're going to have problems. Like this is how the tournament is a mess. Everybody gives you their best shot because it's one and done. Like that's it. But I feel good about our draw. And I think big picture, 
around our bracket, I feel pretty good about as well, too. There are a lot of teams, obviously, that we mentioned that we already lost to in the East. We avoided all of those teams as well. We avoided Baylor. Um, you know, obviously, you've got to play some good teams in Arizona and Houston, et cetera. But I feel OK with this. Yeah. Yeah, I feel OK with this, too. And the other the one other point that I'll bring up that some fans have brought up on Twitter is that Ohio State is obviously very close to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where our games will be. So we might lose the home court advantage, if you will. I don't so, think that matters. Ohio, that State is, Ohio State is not that close to Pittsburgh. Ohio State is a three and a half hour drive at least. Yeah, okay, Villanova but, is a four. Villanova is a four hour drive, four and a half hour drive from Pittsburgh. It's the same so, distance. So you act like there's not like a gajillion Ohio State alumni and, and fans across I'm, sprawled out across I'm, the Midwest. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that one Ohio State is not a basketball school. Two, it's not all that much closer than Villanova is. And three, they're a seven seed. There aren't yeah. any expectations there. Yeah. So I hear your point. I just don't think it actually translates into a whole lot. I don't think it turns into an away game. I just think that it probably offsets. I think it probably offsets some of the home game magnitude that we would have got by getting like a, um, I don't know, I'm p- picking a team out of nowhere. USC was another seven seed. So if I had to, like, like you're going to get some Ohio State fans in the, in the audience there. Um, so Villanova fans will have to, you know, pay, shell out and turn out uh, to, to Pittsburgh to make that game a little bit more of a home environment. I'm not worried about that regardless. I don't think if we lose the game, it's because Ohio State fans showed up. I'm just pointing out that that they are that they will travel and they'll and there will be some Ohio State fans there for sure. Noted. So, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. Okay. So looking continuing on the bat- bottom of our bracket. Yeah, but the team that stands out obviously is uh, the three-seeded Tennessee Volunteers. Yes, so who, interesting. You, you you'll remember we blew out early in the year. That loss looked. Um, I'm sorry. That win looked really good. Obviously on Selection Sunday, as the committee was going through their bracket process, but we did uh, get them as our three-seed. They are the best three seed, I believe, or the second best three seed, I believe, uh, second best three seed. I think they were 10 overall. Um, they get Longwood and then they get the winner of Colorado state and Michigan to get to the sweet 16. Uh, Michigan obviously has had such a weird season. Uh, Colorado state is like a hot mid major that a lot of people are taking, um, to make, to win a couple games, but Tennessee has been a hot major and they have looked excellent down the stretch. And so people would look for a Villanova-Tennessee matchup um, in San Antonio to be a very Tennessee volunteer fan um, um, heavy. Uh, And also um, it would be a pretty difficult matchup, even though we got the first uh, end of it by 18. That team was led by a pretty young team. Rick Barnes is a good coach. Uh, and and they have matured quite a bit and have come together late, winning the SEC championship this afternoon over Texas A&M. So all of that said, Tennessee is a tough-ish draw, but if you get to the Sweet 16, you're playing good teams, period. Yeah, I totally agree. Hold on. One folks, one moment, folks. Give me one minute. Got a big announcement here in the airport. Oh, big announcement here in the airport. Brian, while Rob's going – do you have any questions that are coming up from uh, the Twitter or anything like that? 
So I think, I think what would be interesting, and I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. Early in the season, we talked about the question marks for this team. Now we're going into March. Kind of where do you stand on those? And I'll just give you kind of a brief refresher of what, what those were. So one was, would, you know, would Eric Dixon be able to step up, play the center? Is Colin going to be healthy? Would we get a consistent Jermaine? And then what was the starting lineup going to be like if Slater and Caleb swapped? Ooh, I like these. I'm back. I'm back. The announcement's over. The announcement's over. I love, I like, let's come back. Let's come back to Brian's questions. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like the. I like these questions a lot. Brian's keeping us yeah. honest here. This is, yeah. We've never had. We've never had somebody actually keep track of what we said. Just a little bit frightened. I'm a, I'm a big scorekeeper, as you guys. So, know. so the narratives question going into the season, I feel like actually answered themselves pretty well. Um, so, talking about Eric Dixon, can Eric Dixon play the five? and hang in the lineup and, and do his job? Uh, the answer is emphatically yes. Yep. He had a rough Big East tournament, but it's worth noting that he had a um, a food poisoning situation, so a stomach virus situation going on. And so he wasn't at his best um, this tournament. In fact, against UConn, he got all of 11 minutes, and you could tell that he was just out of sorts. That situation will resolve itself by next week, and I have no concerns with him handling the artist down low against Delaware. Oh my I god! Think, I think I think it might be a master, a little bit of a masterpiece, masterclass, if you will. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. So, um, Brian, the second one was about the switch between Caleb and Slater. Guess what? I think it made both people better. Uh, obviously it looked a little dicey in the middle of the season there for Slater. Um, he really has struggled in January, but once February got going, he turned the jets on and he looked awesome, uh, in February and early March. And he was everything that we could have asked for from a defensive end and also contributing heavily on offense, scoring in double digits in a vast majority of his games down the stretch. So uh, Slater definitely worked out well to be in the starting lineup. I think that works better for Villanova. It gives us some height and length um, and athleticism in the starting lineup. And Caleb Daniels was awesome as the sixth man this year. And I really liked his contribution. And he just got better and better as the game went on, uh, as the season went on. Totally. Should we transition back a little bit, back to the bracket? Some yeah. a little bit back now? Yeah, um, so, so take a little pause. So it's kind of Tennessee. And... Yeah, a little pause. A, a little commercial break. Um, Tennessee. Really intriguing. As you mentioned, a lot of people had them talked about as a two, right? A lot of people were talking about us as a potential three as well, too. So, look, we face Tennessee. It is what it is. The one thing I find so interesting is, look, obviously we beat them earlier in the season. This, to me, has a little bit of 2016 Oklahoma vibes to it, right? We get blown out by Oklahoma early in the season, and then we come back and absolutely stomp on them. Obviously, I don't want to see that, but I think both of these teams, I think that's what's more interesting. Both of these teams, us and Tennessee, have evolved significantly over the year and I think are going to give each other probably a different, more evolved look when we come together. It's going to be, knock on wood, that we both make it that far. It's going to be really intense. Like that one, that one to me is a toss up. That's it. You know, we beat them once. We have some familiarity with how they play and should give us a little bit of a comfort level going into it. Obviously, a little bit of confidence. We know we don't want to be overconfident. But I think that's one thing you really don't have to worry about, about a Jay Wright coach team, and especially a team with Colin, with Jermaine on it, who have been around for so long, that they're not going to look past anybody. They've seen those mistakes happen. These guys are going to be locked in and ready to go. So it's going to be tough. You get to this week 16, you're playing good teams at that point. So you just got to lace them up and get out there and get it done. I feel okay about it. 
I feel net net good about where we are. I completely agree. Um, I like where we're heading out into the uh, into the tournament. So we got to talk about the big bad one seed. A lot of people like to get ahead of themselves and talk about the one seed first. Oh, who's our one? Did we get screwed with the one? Blah blah blah. Look, I'm going to be completely candid with you. I think Arizona had a legitimate argument for the overall number one seed. I think Arizona is an excellent team. I watched them a couple times this year, and especially watched their game yesterday versus UCLA. And my God, they are athletic. They're quick. They get the, they, they can score at every level. That is, this is a really competent team. They don't like getting slowed the game down on. And UCLA coached by McCronin was very disciplined about for about the first two thirds of that game last night and had a, a decent sized lead, had like a 10 point lead before they started taking outrageous shots, getting settling for threes, getting out of sorts and letting Arizona speed them up. And once Arizona started getting up and down, it turned into a track meet and Arizona just ran away with it. So if you get that far and we play Arizona in San Antonio, the name of the game is going to be to muck that game up and, and, and be really, really disciplined. The good news is that we have the exact roster to do that. Um, so we're going to give up height. We're going to give up athleticism. But if you play in an elite eight game for the right to go to a final four, I don't think you have a right to complain about who your opponent is. I really don't. Um, so no, absolutely not. So as far as absolutely I'm concerned, do we get a tough one seed? Would I have preferred to get Kansas? Yeah, but you can't play Kansas in the tournament every year. Um, so, 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 <laughs> so true. yeah, like Kansas is a more comfortable matchup just based on how they play, right? Like they play a style that's a little bit more similar to us. That's a little bit more comfortable for us. Gonzaga. I didn't want any part of playing Gonzaga. I think Arizona might be better than Gonzaga, but I think Gonzaga is a worse matchup for us. Um, they, with, uh, Drew Timmy, um, and, uh, and Chet Holmgren, that is a, that is a nightmare situation, um, for, for Villanova. I mean, Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy are like two fucking Ryan Cockbrenners and look how that went last night. So I realize that, yeah, I, look, I realize that Arizona's got, that got, Arizona's got all dudes everywhere, but like, I'm not sitting here sweating the draw. Yeah, no, it, look, my advice to anybody who's sweating the draw at this point is just stop. We've got to win three games before we're playing a one seed. Last time we won three games was in 2018. All right. So it's been a minute. Obviously, tournaments have been canceled, but we've got to do a lot of work before then. And look, you roll it out in the Elite Eight, anything can happen. To your point about mucking it up, we know we can do that. Just look at last year as a perfect example, right? Against Baylor, the game plan was absolutely make it an absolute mess. And Jay, with a few days of preparation, was absolutely able to get the team to do that for, you know, three quarters of that game. Obviously, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, and we weren't able to hold it together, but that was already playing without Colin. So the track record is there for us to be able to continue to do that. I think any NOAA fan should feel good about where we are. And look, you make the Elite Eight, good. Be happy about it. we got to play tough competition, whether it's Kansas, whether it's Arizona, whether it's Gonzaga, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, okay, sure, I want to pick Kansas. But Kansas, you're, you're playing against Bill Self. Yeah, we, we have Bill Self's number recently. He's still a Hall of Fame coach who has a national championship. There's good players on those teams, and trust me, they'd want to beat Nova too. So it is what it is. I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah, no, I mean, what can you say? You can't be mad. I mean, the one thing I no. probably would have been upset about is if we got shipped all the way out west. And we didn't have to worry about that. We didn't go all the way there. We got to Texas. Look, obviously, Philly's around the corner. 
obviously that's right there. That would have been awesome to be able as Nova nation, to be able to do that. San Antonio, we've had good experiences with obviously Chicago would have been good too. San Francisco was, a, was, is a trip. That's a, that's a long ass trip for the team, multiple time zones, etc. That could be uncomfortable from that perspective. We don't have to worry about that at all. Um, and so I'm not upset at all. No, not in the slightest. Um, what do you want to do? Do you want to do predictions now for us? Or do you want to go rest of the big East? Um, we can do predictions now and then go to big East. So I, I think we're going to blow out Delaware. Uh, I'm just going to call that right now. We haven't seen this team really put the, you know, put the brakes on somebody um, since that oh, we did against Butler, I should say. I think it's going to look like that. Um, candidly, I think this is going to be a 20 plus point comfortable win. I don't think this is going to be dramatic. Obviously in the first 10 to 12 minutes of a game, it could go any different way. The shots could be falling for them. They might not be falling for us. Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore and Jermaine Samuels are not losing this game. Okay. So give it a little bit of time, get our tournament legs underneath us. We will come out victorious. There will not be a concern. I think we're going to win by 20. It'll be comfortable. I think we'll run away right from them late. Um, and it'll be, it'll be a very comfortable win and we'll cruise on to our Sunday matchup. Hopefully maybe, maybe get a little bit of the deeper part of the bench in for a couple minutes late, um, to take some of the leg load off of the, uh, off of the big, uh, off of our big three. So, uh, that's what I think will happen. And I think we'll move comfortably on to play, uh, Ohio state or Loyola Chicago. I guess we have to pick the winner of that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to disagree. I think we're actually going to get upset by Delaware. I think it's going to be a huge – I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, we're going to stop Delaware. Don't worry about it. Next. Yep. yep. Ohio State. I'm, I'm taking Ohio State. Chris Oldman gets it done. Tournament-tested coach. I like that pick there. I actually think Loyola Chicago is going to win that game. I think that Ohio State has EJ little, Liddell. A little, sis, little sister Jean magic. Oh no, God! I hate that. That's going to be the one thing that's going to be annoying. <laughs> that's going to be the it. thing. It's going to be there. Oh, it's going to be Sister Jean, the Catholic school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? We have Father Rob, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna smack him. Boom. But uh, look, I think Loyola Chicago gets it done, and that takes away some of the fan attendance, you know, nonsense that I was just talking about before. Um, but either way, I just don't think either team that we play on on Sunday. I don't think creates this matchup nightmare like a couple weeks ago we were like we're going to be a three seed and we're definitely going to get alabama in the stupid fucking sweet in the stupid round of 32 game and that's a shit matchup for us because they get up and down and they're annoying and blah 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 and they have athletes and the jq storyline all that stuff we avoided all of that and our seven seed is a middling major and as far as i'm concerned i will take that so look i'm gonna pick well, Loyola Chicago. really well said really well said i'm gonna pick Loyola Chicago for the specific reason that I don't, that I'm going to be contrarian with you. Um, I'm just picking it because the point that I'm going to make is we're winning the game in either scenario in my mind. And I think we win by eight, nine or 10. I actually think we win that game kind of comfortably. Yeah. I, I don't want to belabor the point. I think we win the second round team. next. Yep. Next. So I'm going to assume we get Tennessee in the sweet 16. This one's going to be a war. Um, Oof, I don't real, really I, interesting. If you're thinking that we're going to go ahead and just beat them by 18 again, I got you got another thing coming. This is a good ass team. That being said, 
if I'm looking at tournament pedigree, I like Jay Wright and his ability to make adjustments more than I like Rick Barnes. I actually see them beating us at halftime by about five or six. I think we make a comeback in that game. Um, I'm just going to pull up something about them really quick. Yeah. And, um, and Jay, Jay, the thing for me is Jay Wright with time to prepare is really dangerous. They so are. I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. They are 190th in the country in free throw percentage. That game is going to come down to free throws at the end of that game. And Villanova is going to hit our free throws. They are going to clank a couple key free throws out and we get the job done late to advance to the elite eight where we do indeed, in my opinion, face the Arizona wildcats and all wildcats elite eight matchup. All wildcats. I like it. Um, I'm with you. I think we also get past Tennessee. Also agree. It's not going to be a blowout. I'd be shocked if it is, but I do think Jay's going to have time to prepare. He's going to anticipate whatever Rick Barnes is throwing at him. And we're going to move on to the elite eight. I'm not necessarily assuming Arizona gets it just to be a little contrarian here. I'll say, um, I don't know, just for argument's sake, maybe Illinois goes on a tear, but for me, for me, this is, this to me might be the end of the road. Yeah. This is an interesting situation here because in Arizona's bracket, Illinois, uh, Illinois is, I, I like Illinois a lot. I think they're good. Um, and a couple of losses down the stretch, but they were big 10 regular season co-champions. Um, so they had quite the season. They've been dealing with a ton of injuries and sometimes they've been had struggle as actually getting their injured top end guys back in and reorienting them into their, into their team. So they're going to be practicing their butts off to try and get these guys kind of and the team back to re-gel as they're coming into the NCAAs here. But Illinois draws Chattanooga, Houston draws UAB. That's shit matchups for both of those teams. Chattanooga, the mocks of Chattanooga um, and, and UAB are, are really tough mid-major champions. Um, and they actually look, I actually like those teams to potentially upset. I like UAB to upset Houston in that game. UAB, uh, Houston's been a paper tiger all season. That conference is a mid-major conference. Kelvin Sampson's a hell of a coach and Houston's shown some toughness dealing with injuries, but that UAB team can really get it going. So I don't think Houston goes very far here. Um, I think Illinois gets it done after a scare from Chattanooga. Um, I think they advance. I think they beat UAB. And then I think Houston faces, I uh, sorry, Illinois faces Arizona in what will be a monster sweet 16 matchup um, leading into our Tennessee matchup. And I think that's a, that's a really tough region if it goes chalk and Illinois does have the talent to really put it to Arizona if they make it that far. So I don't disagree with your pick of potentially taking Illinois to the elite A. If we get Arizona, I am, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question on my bracket. I always pick Villanova to win period. I don't care. I don't care if I lose the money. I pick Villanova to win because I like my on paper record to say Villanova is going to win the national championship. It's worked out for me two times. Um, and, uh, that's good enough for me to prove that I should keep doing it. Uh, but that being said, I think the road ends, um, to the Arizona Wildcats. They are just the exact type of team that gives us a lot of trouble. Um, really interesting. I usually take the different approach on my bracket where I pick Nova to go out and some like not early round, but I never pick a Villanova champion because I don't want to be disappointed. 
I assume we're going to go out and then I'm pleasantly surprised when we don't. So I have a different approach on that one. Very interesting. But yeah, to me, you get to the elite eight, you're going to play a really good team, whether it's Illinois, whether it's Arizona, we've talked about the ceiling for Villanova throughout the year. It was up at the beginning of the season. It was down after we lost a few games, you know, this team has come a long way. We raised it back up, I think to this elite eight level. To me, though, I think there's still a little bit of inconsistency in terms of that elite performance that we'll need game after game. And I think, unfortunately, our road ends in the Elite Eight. Um, you know how I think it ends in the Elite Eight, too, by the way? I actually think we would kind of do what UCLA did, had a lead late in that game. Um, have a, like UCLA had a lead late in the game versus Arizona. And I think we'll have a lead late in the game versus Arizona. And then I think they get the ball going up and down. We miss some shots, take some ill-advised shots. Like watching USA, UCLA fall apart in that game was like watching us fall apart to UCLA, watching us fall apart to Purdue, um, watching us fall apart to Marquette. Like it was watching that on replay for us. And I think we talked about it. How's the season going to end like that? I think that's how it ends. Um, unfortunately, I really do. Uh, so yeah. – Hopefully so, we're both wrong. So, I, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. Let me, um, let me ask you this. What is, your, what is your floor of expectation? Like, at what point are you satisfied with the season performance? Is it the Elite Eight or is it the Sweet 16? Well, it's a really tough question. Um, because I would say to feel, I would say at this point, knowing where the team is right now, I would feel okay and i'd feel good about an elite eight exit i would say yep absolutely check the box asking more than the sweet 16 though assuming we're playing tennessee is a bit of a crapshoot and i think it's it's almost it's not like a fool's errand but it's a little bit like asking too much to say oh i'd be disappointed if we lost to tennessee like tennessee's a really good team so i don't know how you want to interpret that answer I'll feel really good if we lose in the Elite Eight. Obviously, I feel better if we win a title. I'll feel okay. And I think I think if we get to the Sweet 16 and lose to Tennessee, you can look at that and say, hey, look, we faced another really good team and and we just didn't have it that day. And that's that's an okay outcome. Yeah, I I agree with you. Look, my floor in any given Villanova season is well, unless it's a tough rebuilding year which happens occasionally, um, is the Sweet 16. My expectation level is for this program to make Sweet 16s regularly. You make Sweet 16s all the time. That means you're in the, in the second weekend and you're rolling the dice and anything can kind of happen, so to speak. So my expectation for this team is limited to a Sweet 16. I actually believe that unless you're a top-end one seed that you can't expect the Elite Eight, um, just as like a fundamental year-in, year-out thing. I like our draw. I like our draw to get some momentum and go to San Antonio um, to play a couple games. I think we do get by Tennessee. I think we're just better coached and I think we're more disciplined. And I think their freshman factor is fine in an SEC conference that's athletic and not particularly old. I think it's less fine in against a game and against a team as experienced and with as much coaching pedigree as Villanova. Um, so in my view, I think we have what it takes to get the job done versus Tennessee. I'll be disappointed if we lose that game. I won't be disappointed in the season if we lose that game, if that makes sense. Makes um, perfect sense. Yep. 
So let's just talk quickly before we get into the Big East, kind of at your initial impression of Final Four and National Champion. Just really quick. Um, we'll start with the South. I, I'll go Arizona in the South because uh, I because I kind of just picked that as we kind of ran yep, through yep. it. Um, I have a weird thought. In the original bracket release, I looked at it and I said, I really don't like Providence's draw to have to face Iowa in the second round. And I still don't like that draw. So here's what I'll say. I think that the winner of the Iowa and Providence game actually has a really good chance to make it to New Orleans. That's how I'll, that's how I'll frame that up. Wow. Yes. Iowa has looked absolutely in fuego um, down the stretch. They are really testing everybody. Um, They kind of beat Purdue comfortably uh, in today's today's big 10 championship game. Um, They have been on a massive upswing of late they are number 13 in the country on ken palm as a five seed so they are a classic underseeded uh underseeded team coming out of a major conference that won their conference tournament that obviously can take some legs out of you i don't necessarily know if that happens with these guys they're also old they're led by jordan bohannon i really like that iowa team uh, and i can see them going on a run and taking out Kansas. Cause I don't, I don't love Kansas. I don't think no matter what, I don't think, I don't know if I'm taking KU uh, to get to um, New Orleans. I, I really don't. Uh, on the bottom side of that bracket, you have LSU just lost their coach. I don't think LSU is going anywhere. They're the six seed. You have Wisconsin and Auburn who are the three and the two respectively. Auburn had a portion of this year where they looked to be far and away the best team in the country, but really fell back late. They are going to go as their threes go. Um, And Wisconsin's kind of been the providence of the Big Ten, um, if you will. But Johnny Davis's health has been up and down, um, and they kind of had a weak tournament. And I just don't know. I just don't love the way Wisconsin played down the stretch. So I think I I like the Iowa pick. I think Iowa is the pick. I think if Providence comes out and gets past Iowa, I also think that they will get past Kansas. But disagree. I, totally but, disagree there. But but I, look, I'm just I'm just saying I'm picking Iowa. I'm taking Iowa. I'm picking, I, I was gonna say I'll pick Iowa too. I think the last statement you made about Providence is absolutely absurd. There's no way that happens based on what I've seen with that team recently. But I like Iowa. They've got a lot of the pieces. I don't want to dwell on Iowa because this isn't an Iowa podcast. But <laughs> Keegan Murray is is no joke. He's like a lotto pick in the draft this year. And like you said, they're trending up, and trends matter come March. So good on these guys. Like you said, they dispatched Purdue without too much trouble. That team's a real threat. Going to the East region, I'm going to wrap up in the wrap up in the West going to the East region. You got Baylor as the one you got UCLA as the four there. St. Mary's as the five St. Mary's had a nice season to beat Gonzaga. I don't think much of them um, in terms of the national tournament. You have Texas as the six. Um, which I think is actually a good seed um, for them to actually potentially win a couple games. Purdue is the three. Kentucky is the two. I like Kentucky a lot in this region, just kind of like, like laying it out there. Um, look, there's some upset picks that people will have. Murray State's the seventh seed, but unfortunately they have to run into Kentucky in the second round. I don't think they're going to beat, they're going to get past Kentucky. Uh, 
Virginia Tech just beat Duke. So could they beat a six-seeded Texas team potentially? But I don't know much about that. I'm not really yeah, – I'm not really they're, they're, not, they're not coming out of the Final Four anyway. So no, no, no. No, no, no. Um, I like – I like Baylor. They obviously get to the sweet 16. I don't think enough of North Carolina or Marquette. I do think North, I do think Marquette beats North Carolina, um, but I don't think it goes much beyond Baylor. Um, And then I like UCLA to play Kentucky in the final of the East region. That's what I, that's what I think is going to be my pick there. I think UCLA's pedigree, they had a kind of a less or suboptimal year, um, as opposed to what they expected kind of being a top five team in the beginning of the season. But that team made the final four, took everyone back. They know what it means to play in this type of game. They have the athletes, so they have the size to kind of slow games down and muck it up. And Baylor with all the injuries that they've had of late, um, I think is a, is ripe for the picking Um, as a one seed. I like UCLA to beat them in the sweet 16 game. And I think Kentucky, steamrolls UCLA in the elite eight to make the uh, to make it to New Orleans. Interesting. My headline on this region is Purdue gets it back on track. I like Purdue at the beginning of the season. I like the pieces that they have. Obviously we're big on Ivy. We saw how impactful he could be in our game against him. I think he takes that team. He leads them. He goes on this March run. So Purdue's my team coming out of that region. I hate Purdue's defense. Hate them, hate it. They are literally the 100th team in adjusted defensive efficiency per campaign. I'm not they saying are, I'm not saying they're I'm not saying they're winning the title, but I'm thinking they're coming out of the region. They can they can do that. I believe that. The, how about this? We kind of agree. The winner of the Purdue Kentucky Sweet 16 game goes to the Final Four. Agree. Okay. The final region is the West. Oh, the West. Gonzaga, the overall number one seed. We have UConn representing the Big East as the five seed. Four seed Arkansas, who just two weeks ago, I would have told you is kind of one of my sleeper picks to make a Final Four run, stumbled late. Um, And so I'm not sure I'm completely there anymore. Alabama has shown the ability and the propensity to win the best teams that they play and also lose to some of the worst teams that they play. That feel Alabama feels like a team that they could lose to Rutgers and Notre Dame in their first round or make the final four. <laughs> like, yes. like no matter 100%. what, no matter what Alabama is going to fuck up your bracket. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> also, also no matter where Alabama loses, you can be like, yeah, that, that kind of made sense. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> when Alabama loses, you can't say that you're surprised. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Texas Tech is a three seed. I really love this Texas Tech team. I love the way they play basketball. They look like they kind of play Big East basketball in the Big 12. I don't know how to say that differently than that. But they also have like Big 12 level athletes too. So I love that Texas Tech team. Um, And then Duke is the two seed. Um, I think like wildly little of Duke. I think they have a high ceiling, but that team cannot get themselves together. Um, And they – kind of like beat teams who get afraid of the name of the front of the Jersey, the teams that kind of get into their teeth and get, and and get up in their face. Like they fold like a cheap suit. Duke isn't going anywhere in this tournament. I'm not even sure if they get out of the second round. Um, So uh, to coach K's coaching career, 
in my opinion, will actually end in South Carolina in a second round matchup uh, to maybe a Davidson, maybe another, I think Davidson's in North Carolina, maybe another North Carolina team actually slays, so. slay, slays the beast um, or Tom Izzo does either way. Uh, I think Duke does not advance to the Sweet 16. Um, if they do, I still think they get trucked by Texas Tech. So I got Texas Tech um, going to the Elite Eight. I think UConn goes to the Sweet 16. Uh, again, at that point, Gonzaga, I think, is too much for them. Um, like, you just look at Timmy and Holmgren, and Sonogo's a great player, but they, yeah. they just they just neutralize no. They just neutralize UConn in every way that UConn has an advantage. I like UConn to get to the Sweet 16. I think they'll beat Arkansas. I think that's it. But I, I think that I think that they are toast against Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga gets it done. It's a Gonzaga Texas Tech Western final, and I think Gonzaga gets it done and goes to. I was going to say this, this bracket to me is is the headline is don't overthink it. Gonzaga yeah. is a really good team. Mark Few is a really good coach who has been with this program for a long time. These players know him. They obviously have brought back so many people this year. They know what they're doing. They had their shot last year. They didn't get it. They had their shot a couple years ago. They didn't get it. This to me, and I'll kind of my preview for where I'm going for the title, this to me is Gonzaga year. Mark Few ultimately gets it done. I like your call on UConn um, winning a couple games. I think that can definitely happen, but just no chance against uh, against Gonzaga. I mean, Jermaine Samuels neutralized uh, uh, neutralized Sonoga. Like uh, it's just just no. Like Sonoga's a nice player, um, but he's not. Uh, he doesn't have the, the caliber to match up with that. So yeah. that's that's what I'm talking about. I agree. Uh, no, look, I think Gonzaga gets past UConn. I just think that yeah, as I said, I think UConn gets to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, you know, U- UConn is for the Big East standpoint, they have better size than a lot of teams that come out of the Big East. But I just don't think they have the skill at the wings position. We talked about that all the time. Um, I don't think they can guard. I don't think they can guard two to five, two to four. Well, uh, three to four well enough is what I mean to say. Obviously, they have RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin. I'm kind of put I elevated Tyrese Martin after our game versus them into not the sleeper guy. I think he's a top. I think he's a big three. One of the Maxie, big, big fan of Max. <laughs> Tyrese Maxie, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rob, Rob's uh, Rob's wife is a big Sixers fan. Um, and, and, and so he called Tyrese Martin, Tyrese Maxi in the game. He's like, oh man, Maxi's really good. And I'm like, Maxi doesn't play on this team. <laughs> he plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. He, he, he would be very good on that team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I bet he'd be the, I bet he'd be the best player in the big East. Not take. <laughs> so, so look, I, I'm going with Gonzaga too. So that makes my final four Gonzaga, Arizona, Iowa, and Kentucky. That makes your final four Gonzaga, Arizona, Iowa, and uh, Purdue. No, I Iowa. said uh, I said Illinois. So I said Gonzaga, oh. Illinois, oh, sorry. Gonzaga, Iowa, Illinois. and Purdue. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. So you you actually see? Wait, did I get that right? You have three Big Ten teams in the final four. Gross! I did not mean to do that. But <laughs> here we are. I have one. Here we are. I have one. Um, well, 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 I'm definitely going to be wrong. That's for sure. Yeah, I have a feeling about that too. All right. I'm going to make my picks here. I think Arizona versus Iowa. Iowa's luck runs out. They play, a, they play right into Arizona's hands, and Arizona trucks Iowa in, in, the, um, in the final four matchup. And then in the uh, Gonzaga-Kentucky matchup, I am going to go the opposite direction, and I think Kentucky gets it done. 
Um, and I think we get Kentucky Wildcats, Arizona Wildcats in New Orleans. I think it's going to be a great final game. Um, and I think I'm picking the Arizona Wildcats to get the job. Rematch of what, 97? Something like that. Yeah, I think that might be right. I think Arizona gets it done. I think Arizona wins the national championship this year. Okay. Well, well, I kind of previewed mine a little bit. Um, But in light of what you just said about all my Big Ten teams, maybe I should add another Big Ten team and just make it four for four. (laughs) Um, But no, in in all seriousness, I've got, um, obviously, Gonzaga, I said, going into the title game. And then on the other side of the bracket, I'm picking between Illinois and Iowa. I think the Iowa magic runs out. Illinois into the title game, but Gonzaga gets it done. I like it. I like it. Awesome. All right. So let's talk a little bit Big East, and then we can wrap this Big up. Big East. Right? Let's yeah. do it. So a couple of headlines here. So Nova, um, we talked about Nova's headline, but there are two seed in the South, um, where I think is a nice, nice representation, a nice respect to the Big East conference uh, season. Um, to get to have Nova elevated in the down the stretch, um, despite losing a game um, that elevated Nova from a three line to a two line. And I think that's a sign of respect um, from the tournament committee for the strength of the Big East. Um, that being said, um, wait, and and Providence staying on the four, Providence staying on the four respect. line is another sign of respect. I agree, they got shit housed by Creighton. Um, and there were some questions because they dropped to 47 on Kenba. Um, and so it was kind of ugly. And so their metrics look really bad, but you know what I think happened? I think they I think the committee had Providence slotted and they lost, but they were just like, ah, whatever. These, these games don't matter as much as everyone thinks they do. <laughs> committee gets a little lazy that explains the Tennessee thing. They just like kind of lock it in like Sunday morning. They're like, yeah, we're good. Maybe, yeah. maybe Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. We've had enough here. Uh, so they, I, I think that's kind of might, might've happened. Um, UConn got a five and I think they also got a good road as a five. So I think that's a biggie storyline. And we talked about their, their limitations, um, there. Um, and then we're going to talk, I'm going to jump to the back end. Xavier, nowhere close. Xavier, not only isn't in the tournament, they're not even in the first four out. Uh, so they, they announced the replacement season. Look, Xavier, uh, no escalators, the UConn account, uh, tweeted, uh, something along the lines of like, I feel bad for Xavier. They only had about 78 opportunities to, to make yeah. sure that this didn't happen. So I don't feel bad for no, Xavier. I just think, I just think it was salt on the wound to not even be a first four out. Like Xavier wasn't close. Um, maybe may, I will say maybe as a Xavier fan, it makes you feel better. Cause you're like, Oh, we just missed out. It's like, Oh yeah. Sh- yeah. Shit. We need to win like three more games. Like yeah. just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. I agree. Like they, they did this themselves. That's there's no excuse. hundred percent. Um, so where does that, where, where does that leave us? That leaves us with what I think the committee, and the problem is this, I, I want to say the committee fucked the big East. I want to yeah, say I've, that, I've but got, actually, I actually think that the teams fucked themselves, right? Like Seton hall goes like, has an absolutely horrible January and took themselves into the bubble conversation for a hot minute. Oh, wait, so, so, so what you're, re- what you're referring to before you get yeah. into it is the fact that three of the big, the other three biggest teams are all eight, nine seats. Yes. Which is just absolutely terrible. terrible. Absolutely terrible. terrible. And I was, I was texting, I was texting Nicole about this and she asked me the question. She's like, so which one do you think they got wrong? Cause I was like, this is ridiculous. And I was like, I don't know that they got any of them wrong. It just, sucks yes it sucks it sucks the one team that you could argue is by shit housing providence on 
on uh, on Friday night, Creighton might have actually hurt themselves. They probably would have been a 10 seed. Um, but look, yeah. yeah, Seton Hall earned their eight seed. Uh, unfortunately, they went out and they played like shit in January. They got better late to come firmly off the bubble and get themselves back clearly into the NCAA picture without any without any worry. Uh, but they, but they, but they didn't do enough to get it done. Um, you know, they win a game versus UConn down the stretch, and maybe they're maybe we're talking about them as a seven seed. But they're not only an eight seed, but they're in Arizona's bracket, and I just don't love that matchup for them. I really, really don't. Good Arizona. The way to think about Arizona is they have a lot of dudes who are just like, like super long and athletic. UConn kind of made quick work of Seton Hall in the uh, in the in the Big East quarters. And I think Arizona is, is UConn on like triple steroids. Like, and that's not even like a great comparison, but it's just like, this is the exact type of team that's going to make Seton Hall like, like really te- look terrible. Um, so I don't think Seton Hall's road is very long. I'd love to sit here and no, say, definitely not. I'd love to sit here and say that Seton Hall can w- win a couple games. I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. I'm going to swing over to Marquette and North Carolina. This is interesting. I don't think much of North Carolina. We've talked about this. I think the ACC is weak. I think North Carolina is another one of those ACC teams that you just get up in their grill and they fold. I think Marquette will get them to fold. So I think Marquette wins that game uh, versus North Carolina. Baylor has injuries. They are the weakest one seed, I think, by a margin. Um, I still don't think Marquette has the guys to get the job done. Um, They have Justin Lewis. They have Tyler Kolek. I think they make Baylor sweat. I don't think that they get Baylor the best of Baylor. It, you know, it's it's interesting though when you when you think about it and you say, "Hey, it's Shaka Smart." Like, it's it's been literally a decade, over a decade since he made the Final Four run, but he's done it before. He's knocked off big schools before, so he knows how to motivate a team that's an underdog. And he really didn't have a whole lot of those teams in when he was at Texas, right? Because Texas is always coming in with big recruits. So I don't know. Maybe there's a shot there. They, if somebody can do it, maybe it's Shaka. Marquette's got guys. The problem is they've been so weak down the stretch. If if you told me Marquette, who beat Villanova at yeah, Pfizer Forum, yeah. was coming out of that tunnel, then I'd say, yeah, I like Baylor to ups- I know, like Marquette to upset Baylor. But You know, all it takes is it's, it's one game. Maybe I agree. It's one game. It's interesting that you're kind of the one talking me into this one. Usually, I'm the Big East homer, but but I, 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 look, I'm putting that game on like my watch list. Like I'm definitely going to yeah, be I, watching. I, I that do. Game. I I do just think it. I do think it's interesting because primarily of the coach because he's done this before. Yeah, and I think that is an interesting element that he's like <laughs> been able to throw something at at somebody in, in an overmatched situation and get it done. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so it talks about Marquette and then you have, I actually think my opinion, this is the biggest best shot um, at another sweet 16 team. That's Creighton. Um, Creighton is an eight, nine game. They play San Diego state. Could they lose that game? Yeah. Obviously San Diego state could lose that game. I'm on record in this podcast as saying that I just think Kansas is gettable. And I think Kansas is going to lose at some point in time. Do I think Kansas gets it done? Yeah, I think Kansas gets to the Sweet 16. But the reason why I said what I said before about the winner of the Iowa Providence game getting a couple more wins 
is because of Kansas. I just don't think that Kansas is this like juggernaut that, um, that, you know, you see when you see Kansas on the front of the Jersey. Yeah. Have they played well down the stretch seem to have things coming together for them? Totally, totally agree. Like they, they shithoused everybody on the way to a big 12 championship. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, that they are like, that they are like world beaters. They, they, they just play like a style of basketball that you feel like you can get them. They play a little bit quicker than they used to, um, you know, under Bill Self and Bill Self's teams tend to plod and get into the half court. They get a little bit more up-tempo because they are a little bit more athletic than they used to be, which is what makes them more dangerous. They're good defensively, uh, but I still just think that they can be gotten. And I, and I don't know, I don't know if I, if I can put my finger on that as to exactly why. Uh, but I think that, uh, I think that Kansas will be, uh, could be beaten. Do I think Creighton ultimately gets it done? No, I think, I think Kansas advances, but I think, I think Kansas's luck runs out against like an Iowa. Um, so that's kind of my play. I think Kansas plays Creighton. I think Creighton has a chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, the one thing I was going to make another coaching point, which I, I guess I'll stay away from, but more of like from a macro coaching standpoint in the Big East, we do have a broad kind of staple of good, respected coaches who can kind of get some stuff done in March. And I think Shaka did add a lot to that. Again, I know it's been a while. What if I, we're talking about that game? We're talking about Greg McDermott, who obviously we talked up in our pregame the other day. These are experienced guys who know what they're doing. So again, he can absolutely dial it up. We've seen that Creighton team perform and really challenge some top top teams in the Big East. So they got a shot. But I'm with you. I, do, will they get it done? I'd be surprised. Yep. Okay. So that's kind of our Big East runaround here. I think the floor for the Big East has to – we got to find a way to get two teams into the Sweet 16. Because of UConn's draw, I think it lays out okay for that to happen. That being said, this is going to be tough. I set the over-under at two and a half um, before the conference tournaments and before we got a bracket in terms of what the expectation for Big East needs to be. Like, like two is like the floor of what we need to accomplish to feel respected as a conference. And three, you start to feel really good about it. I think it's one and a half. I think, it's, I think Villanova yeah. has to get the job done. And then I think UConn is the team that could hopefully um, kind of get over that hump to get into the sweet 16. And I think, I think we're the only deep threat. I, I don't love anyone else to get super deep unless Providence can somehow get, a, get, you know, get the better of Iowa in that game. Yeah, I'm with you. And I don't think that, I don't think that happens for our earlier conversation. I yep. think it's Nova. I think it's UConn and I don't know. It's kind of it. That might be it. Might be it. I think that's it. Okay. So Rob, you and I both have Villanova in the elite eight. Um, and so, and, and we have the big East getting two sweet 16 teams. I think that would be a good year for the conference um, overall. And I think that'd be a hell of a year for Villanova before we wrap up, Brian, anything else that you'd like us to comment on? I, I would like you again, cause I like to keep score on probably 16 of the 20 episodes of the season. One of you, usually Chris has made a reference to preferring the 7 PM two seed big East game in the tournament. So your wish was delivered. You had the 7 PM two seed game in the big East tournament. What did you think? We won the championship. That's, That's all you have to say. 
Yeah. So, you know, another narrative that, that checked out and, and, you know, went our way. That's right. And Brian, you don't have to hear me say the 7 p.m. Uh, uh, Thursday game in the Big East tournament anymore for another like six, seven months. Yeah. What a, what a world. Well, it's a, it's a win for you. Yeah. Now, we are going to be playing on Friday. Um, so that actually takes me to a good point. We are going to be playing on Friday. Bob and I were talking about this. I actually am a big fan of getting our game out of the way early in a given day of NCAA games. I like to kind of have it in the books and then I can feel like I could relax and watch the rest of the games myself um, and kind of like unwind, if you will, after like getting Nova past their, past their game. Um, but, but we do get Friday. So we get a Thursday to enjoy all the madness. Um, and then you get Friday and I think we'll be in the afternoon. I don't think we're like a prime time type of team. Um, but we will see as soon as we can what the team TV times are. And I'm sure you'll see us on Twitter. Okay. I think that wraps us up. So um, again, Villanova, two seed, historic year for the program. Great uh, tournament championship. We accomplished quite a bit in the last week or so. Congratulations to the guys. Congratulations in advance to Colin, Jermaine, Tamir Cosby, Roundtree, and all the seniors um, for an incredible season um, and hopefully much, much more madness to come. You can follow us at the full 40 on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. Hello, we're on TikTok now. Let's go. Let's go. Um, so you can follow us on all of the socials. Um, obviously, I'll be tearing up Twitter as I always do. Um, so find me there most frequently. Um, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Sorry, I just said, and as always, let's go Nova and look down at my Twitter and literally said, holy shit, the Villanova women made the women's tournament. That was a major point of question um, after their UConn game. So I just have to, at the very end of this podcast, sneaking it in under the wire, literally the music was about to start to finish the podcast. And I noticed that Villanova women, Denise Dillon and Maddie Segrist Wildcats, get the job done and get into the NCAA tournament. Congratulations to Denise Dillon. Congratulations to player of the year, Maddie Segrist, coach of the year, Denise Dillon, by the way, uh, player of the year, Maddie Segrist on their selection into the field of the women's tournament. That's awesome news as well. We'll be tracking their progress as well here on the full 40. Look forward to seeing them in action in well as March. Banner year for the Villanova program. Two um, Big East championships um, for, sorry, one Big East championship, two players of the years um, for, for the Villanova men's and women's program. So just calling that out, now I'm done. Thank you for listening. And as always, let's go Nova.